For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. I am Craig Borden, your host this here with the usual gang of suspects here. Brendan Panikar, Adam Corsair, Chris Key. Fellas, Merry Post-Christmas. Yes. Yes, yes. It, there it, it is. It is. It is. So, did any of you get your Christmas presents you were hoping for and all your Blue Jay merchandise and... <laughs> Bill's memorabilia. I know Adam got the other Bill's gift that we needed. <laughs> I did. Yeah. What'd you get? What? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Uh, you said it very enthusiastic. Well, yeah. I, I got my I got my <laughs> new blue, and I I got this. Ooh, the little guy. Guy. Very cool. Yeah. I'm sporting then, my new gear. I figured I'd just I, keep up with my uh, weird red bearded freaking uh, lumberjack look I'm going for. Nice. Ooh, who we got? See the signature, but that's Dan Schulman. Nice. Nice. Oh, nice. And then, oh yeah, I got loaded up full of Blue Jays crap this year. <laughs> just, just for Adam, we'll, oh. we'll give him a, a oh, little extra piece here. <laughs> Put the kids away. Oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> the Robbie Ray pants shirt. <laughs> you got an ass on your shirt. <laughs> I do. Yeah, the the whole family got those ones. So that's cool. nice. Oh, I was yeah. gonna make a joke about him being an ass. Now he said the whole family. I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> even the little ones got it. So that's there, awesome. you go. there we there go. go. Just for you, Adam. Just Thank for you. you. Thank you. How about you, BB? <laughs> Any cool Blue Jay stuff for Christmas? I got a new hat. I needed one. All the old ones are old and ratty, so got a new hat. Yeah. But I'm not wearing it, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for your four years juju there is what's going on, I'm assuming. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Corsair? Anything fun? I'm trying to think. I don't think I got anything uh, sports-related at all. Um, did I? Yeah, I don't think I did. I, um, I the. My Santa wife and I went. Your stocking, then. No, no. My <laughs> wife and I. My wife and I went all out. Like I, I got her some. She just had a child with me, so I got her some diamond earrings, and she bought me a Mac Mini. So I'm using that right now, and this Ooh. thing is. Yeah, this thing's a beast. You want to adopt me? <laughs> <laughs> this thing's a beast. But now we focused on the kiddos, um, mostly my oldest, because my three-month-old doesn't even know what Christmas is yet. So <laughs> I learned that the hard way with the first child. Like the first yep. child, we went all out, and we're just like, "Well, this is a waste." She doesn't even know what's going on, right? And yeah. then so for yeah. this one, we're like, "You get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing your first and Christmas because <laughs> you don't know." And she didn't. Know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to like go through the Rolodex here. I don't think I got anything sports related this year at all. 
No, well, it's a good thing I sent you that care package then. Yes. It'll be all set. You got yes. your giant Bill's family gift package that I wanted to sneak into enemy, enemy territory. <laughs> okay, well, wait. That's what I got. Uh, we got a Bill's victory over the Patriots. There yeah, that's a pretty good birthday. There it is. That's there the best Christmas present of all. Yes. yes. In Fox playoff. Yes. Yes. So, Brendan, I know you wanted to mention something about it. Seeing we just sent, randomly segued into football. Yeah, rest in peace, John Madden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not that that was supposed to be funny, but rest in peace, John Madden. But that's all I gotta say. <laughs> News broke right before we started recording this evening, and unfortunately, John Madden is no longer part of this earth. And well, to that point, his legacy is gonna live on forever, at least in you know video games. I think his uh you know obvious contributions to the sport are paramount, and he's gonna be mentioned in you know, pretty much every football game period. And as it seems to happen every way, because there's also those wonderful things called John Madden moments. <laughs> we get to have those kind of fun with announcers and whatnot too. So good stuff. But to that point, it sucks that he's no longer part of this, but yeah. Anybody else? Anything? No, Hold just on. a legend. Legend. Mm-hmm. legend. Good yeah. times. So, Anyways, gentlemen, we're going to talk a little Blue Jays actual news in the midst of a lockout. This is kind of odd and weird and whatnot, but there has been a, um, I can't say leak anymore because it's been coming out for about three, four days. Um, Shai Davidi and a bunch of other people have been talking over the past few days about a giant investment for the Toronto Blue Jays going to renovate the Rogers Center to the point where it sounds like this is going to be a more than a facelift. They're ballparking the low end of this to be $200 million. And the idea is to redesign the lower bowl of the stadium, period, and make it more of a baseball facility, not the multi-purpose facility that it is. How much do you guys read into this? And does anybody want to dive into a piece of the news of this at, at first here before we talk about what this actually means for the ball club? Is there uh, anything else that stood out from this news from you guys other than the fact that it's obviously so baseball centric? Yeah. Um, what stood out to me is that um, there seem to have been legitimate plans for a brand new stadium elsewhere. Um, but because of the pandemic, those talks were sort of scrapped and they're doing they're taking the route of just renovating the sort of piecemeal. Um, I think that's a smart way to go about it, um, especially since, uh, according to the reports, they're doing this during the off seasons only. So it's like for the next I don't know how long it's going to take. We'll just call it five years for the next five years. Every year that you go to the stadium for the first time you're going to see something new. You're going to see some sort of upgrade to the stadium. It's going to look different than it did the previous year. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a redesign. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of like making it a legitimate baseball field. I don't know if that means that they're going to put grass down. I don't know if they can. Um, but I was always of the, the ilk that thought that the location was fine. I'm not in Toronto. I'm not in Canada. So I only speak to this as a tourist. Um, so to me, knowing just that making it pretty easy for you, just saying, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the heart of downtown being right there, it's in walking distance, distance from most of the things that are downtown in Toronto. Um, I think it's a perfect location. I think the, the, the dome and having a roof there is sort of advantageous because you can never not have a game in Toronto when there are games in Toronto. 
Um, so except, except for when ice falls. <laughs> on the sea. Yes, yes. <laughs> when or ice breaks, a giant through. hole in the, the leaked roof, yeah. through, uh, water yeah. through what center field it was the one time. Yeah. <laughs> but those are anomalies, right? Yeah. And I, I think yeah. these are part of the upgrades and the renovations and whatnot. So, um, I'm fine with it. I'm just excited to see. It. They seem to be pretty tight-lipped about it. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what sort of uh, changes and upgrades they're going to make. And I, as far as I know, maybe Brendan and Chris, you can speak to this more. Uh, they're starting with the lower bowl area of the mm -hmm. what it seems stadium? like it's the only thing that they're doing. Uh, as you <clears> said, they've been tight-lipped on it. And to be honest, I don't know how much. I'm sure you can do quite a bit, which is why they're going this route to modernize the stadium a little bit. But a lot of comments I saw from people on Twitter is, is 250 million even going to not make like a significant like uh, dent and make it more modern mm -hmm. so they can play there for like the next, like, I don't know. I guess when they looked at it long term, if you put $250 million into the Rogers Center, how much longer does that give you? I think the report was the structure is still amazing. It was a well. Um, so it seems like this is obviously going to be the long term. There's not going to be a new stadium, maybe in our lifetime uh, or maybe towards the end of our lifetimes. They will finally look to move on from the Rogers Center. But uh, that's a long way to go. Um, but yeah, Adam, you nailed it. The reason why they're doing this is all because they want to keep the location. It's perfect. It's so transit accessible, walking distance from Union for the GO trains when like people like Chris and I go park somewhere, take a GO train in um, from the uh, suburbs and, and all that. So it makes sense. I was a little disappointed, though, that they weren't going the new stadium route. I think that would have been so, so cool. And it would have been actually quite significant for Canada because I don't remember like the last time a new like other than a couple cfl stadiums that nobody really cares about um mm -hmm. i don't remember the last time canada as a whole as a country has had like a brand new state-of-the-art facility created for one of their teams so Ed edmonton just got one didn't they edmonton Oh yeah, the arena, right? The yeah. arena, the, the yeah. That's pro that's probably it. Uh, but, but then, like, then, it's just like what for <laughs> that would be like the Canada Center, probably BMO. Well, yeah, BMO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Like everybody else is old. Like all the other facilities, Calgary, Ottawa, um, Montreal, they're all getting quite old. So I was a little disappointed they didn't go the new stadium route. But we'll see what they do. That yeah, point, I, I think the only way for them to rightfully do a new stadium, and I think this is why, to your both of your points, why they go that direction is to knock the old one down and put one right back in its place. And that's a multi-year endeavor, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The the so only way you're doing that is if you buy the land around Steam Whistle and you put it there. Yeah. Is basically the only way that it would happen. Um, exactly. And then I think you're probably still too close to the highway, Yeah. to be 100% honest, to make things feasible-ish. Mm -hmm. Or you'd be ripping up Bremner or some something along those lines. I'm going to go the opposite. Well, part of the opposite route. I don't think the location is... The location is fantastic if you're from Toronto. If you're coming from outside of Toronto, it sucks. Yeah. Because the gardener is it's a mess. crap. It's so bad. You never know when it's closed. You never know when it's under construction. It's always under construction, actually. And <laughs> it's a complete gong show to get in from anywhere our area um into a game for say a tuesday wednesday evening like you mm. you if you're not ducking out of work by 
three thirty or four o'clock, you're, you're not you're Good not luck. getting to the game for first pitch. Yeah. Like let alone trying to grab something to eat as well. Like it's it's just not happening. Yeah. Uh I really would have liked to have seen something maybe more on the outside of downtown, but I would have liked Rogers to build something up where there are restaurants and there are uh bars and things. My one of my favorite and I don't know if Brendan, you've been there, is where um are the Red Blacks even around anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they built so, the whole so complex there. The whole complex there. Have you ever been there? No. It's amazing how they have it set up. So the whole like underneath is all parking. And you have a hockey rink that basically walks out onto the football field and soccer field and whatever. And around it is like this giant gated complex with a whole bunch of bars and restaurants and everything. in this gated area that you basically can't leave once you're in yeah um which it which i think is fantastic especially for that area because you are kind of close to the universities and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's nice for the younger crowd to go in and, and it's like when you when you go into the game everything's a restaurant when you come out everything's like a bar like it flips really quick um and it's kind of a cool setup. I, I've only been there once for a hockey game, but uh, and I was only there for a split second. It was one of those drive to Ottawa, watch a hockey game, and then come back home. It, it was ridiculous. It was a silly day. But anyway. <laughs> it's a long drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a long day. It was a lot of silliness on the way home in fog through Peterborough, taking the back roads. But Lovely. anyway. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, but basically, I'll, I'll say as well with you, Brendan, What are you going to get this day and age, and I say this kind of tongue in cheek, what are you going to get this day and age for $250 million yeah. on on a stadium like that? It's going to be really, really tough. And I'm, I'm going to imagine that that budget's probably going to move a little bit as well. Um, but like what you want to see it, like a, a lot of the things that people want to see are like seats with cup holders and seats that face <laughs> home plate. But like once you do that... Um, and then you put another giant shrine of Ted Rogers up, like how much money is really going to be left after that? Yeah, I know. Like, do we, do we know how much this Jumbotron is costing? No. I'm and is, pretty sure and if they're doing that, that, that's sizable part of it, because that's always yeah. been one of the bigger stadium ballpark, or especially in a baseball stadium. That's got to be one of the bigger ones. And at one point, it was the biggest one in baseball. Yeah. So... 
I don't know. It, it's tough to see giant improvements with that kind of money. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's a lot of money, obviously, that we'd all like to have, but in the grand scheme of things, to make it more mall stadium. Like, I don't know, because, Chris, you, I'm not sure if you've been there for an Argos game in the past. You probably have, but you know how when they set up for football, you push the seats down and then they cover the bullpen and they go over that way. I don't know if they're going to rip all that up and start new. Like I have no idea what their plans are. And to Adam's point, they're being very, very tight lipped about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's more one of those. I'll believe it when I see it. And when, when things start coming out, I think this yeah. is one of those things that we kind of have to let simmer just, just a little bit before we get too excited about things. Cause mm -hmm. you never know what Shapiro has up his sleeve. He's done a, an amazing job in Florida so far. So, and, and this is, I'm going to say 50% of the reason why Shapiro was brought here yeah. was for the spring training complex and for ballpark renovations in Toronto. And he did that in Cleveland too, with the, yeah. with Jacobs field turn into progressive mm -hmm. field. They've made some major changes there over the years mm -hmm. and it's still a very nice ballpark. So I don't know what you can do to, get it up to that standard of the Rogers center, but maybe the, I'm sure they have something pretty good. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, this has to be, or was, um, the, the legacy of Shapiro coming in. Right. I, I other than winning a world series, which I do think he's motivated to do. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. the way the roster mm -hmm. has been constructed and the moves that they've been making, it's pretty clear that that's the motivating factor here. But the fact that <clears throat> this has been talked about for so long, um, I think he was hell bent on at least initially getting a new stadium somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, there were it started with trying to get natural grass, as I mentioned in the stadium, and a lot of uh, scientists or whatnot said it's just not it's not possible. Um, so then, um, as we've talked about, the, they were looking for locations for a new stadium, and the pandemic sort of railed that. I think he's hell bent on just making something "quote unquote" new. When it comes to the stadium, because let's be honest, like it might be something sentimental to us as Blue Jays fans, like going, especially myself, and I think I can speak for you, Craig, going to the Rogers Center. It's it's a treat, right? It's to uh, to me, it's not this I don't know antiquated piece of architecture, right? It is kind of cool seeing it, and I understand that there needs to be upgrades, and I understand that you know it, it's a, it can get a little crowded sometimes especially with the seating arrangements as they are and you know when you go all, all the way up to the 500 levels they still have seats with the sky dome logo on it and that's fine <laughs> um and i actually kind of like that it has a nice little little touch to it of nostalgia but um i i just knowing that they're, they're going to keep the location and knowing that upgrades however you know thorough they are um i think that's the best bet and i think that's honestly where it would have ended up anyway. Um, I, I think building a new stadium somewhere would have been a huge pain in the ass. Um, so I think this was inevitable just to do. I'd like to see something substantial. And Chris, to your point, like I don't know what the budget is. I don't know like what the budget is. I don't know how much like a screen costs, a giant screen. And honestly, do we... Ooh, a lot of things. If we're not in a football game... I don't give a shit about a huge screen. Yeah, game's right there. <laughs> yeah, I it's just not like don't. you're looking all the way down the field trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't pay attention. To, like maybe in the beginning of the game when they have their little like intros and whatnot. But other than that, like maybe to see the score. But I usually keep track of that anyway. I don't need to know what inning it is and whatnot. So 
I don't really look at the screen. So if they're investing, invest more in the stadium and less in the screen. It's not a football yeah. stadium. And and maybe they want it to be in the future. I don't know. Um, it has been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there is rumors that the NFL want to expand and Toronto's on the list. So maybe this is part of it. I mean, that's just way, way, way down the line, but you just never know. So I don't know. I, I just hope it's more baseball centric and something that the fans can enjoy. Um, other than like the, you know, the obvious, like a better beer selection and whatnot. Um, that's not really part of renovations though. Um, it's fan experience. Yeah. It's just it, exciting. It does. Especially those loony, uh, dog beer nights and stuff like that. Tuesday. Tuesdays. So, is that what they're called? You used to be able to get a ticket in the 500 level. Yeah. For, yeah. Jeez. Man. I'm like, a, yeah. I just remember I got there one night and it was the Looney hot dog night or whatever. I crushed like six hot dogs and didn't even think about it. It's like, Ouch. Keep... <laughs> and I was like, oh. yeah, they were, they were probably just trying to get rid of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the reason I felt so wonderful afterwards, but yeah. don't worry about it. Like in the yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, anybody want to touch anything less on that whole uh, topic before we move on to some other fun stuff here? Just give us including some new year's fun. Give us a museum. I've asked for that whenever <laughs> we've talked about upgrades and just, or statues. Like it's one of the only ballparks I've been to that doesn't have statues of legendary players. And you have enough. Now you probably start with somebody like Halliday, maybe Delgado, Steve, um, Bautista, and then a fifth, maybe George Bell. Um, since he Carter. wanted it. Yeah. George Carter. Say you're missing yeah. Big one. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was incredibly overrated. <laughs> But he had the best moment I know, in baseball I know. history. <laughs> all, all he had to do was catch a ball once and hit a ball the next time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one other person in baseball history that can say I have a walk-off World Series winning home run. And it literally is called the shot heard around the world. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, I want to jump in because I saw this article the other day and I was very, very uh, intrigued in it. And I know I'm switching the order around here a little bit to uh, sure. some trade fun here that I uh, stumbled across here in a Sports Illustrated article. Um, and the article is literally five blockbuster Christmas miracle Blue Jays trade proposals. And this is part of inside the Blue Jays part of Sports Illustrated. And I just want to throw these tricks out here and you guys tell me good, great, bad, wonderful, yay, nay, whatever. I just want to talk these out because a couple of them actually sound on par. A couple of them made me go, why the f- would you do that? <laughs> and just figure we go uh, through the fun here thing before we start talking about um, what our New Year's resolution for Toronto Blue Jays players and the team in general would be going into 2022 yes. and hopefully more baseball. So first trade that was in this article is Blue Jays make a giant monster trade with the Los Angeles Dodgers of all teams, which I thought was already crazy because why would the Dodgers trade anybody if they don't have to, other than getting rid of budget, especially after what they just paid this guy. Uh, Blue Jays would get Cody Bellinger. They would have to trade very controllable Loris Gurriel Jr., Jordan Groshans, and Adam Kloffenstein in that trade to get to net Cody Bellinger. Um, I'm going to start with you, Brendan, because in my screen, that's you're the one that's right next to me. <laughs> Yay or nay, sir. Oh, I do that. I, absolutely. You buy low on Bellinger. Um, if you were asking at the end of 2019, the price would probably be higher. And when we chatted trades last week, I think we were all kind of on the same page as that Adam Kloffenstein kind of screams a guy who could be moved in a deal for somebody. 
this offseason. Um, you get one extra year of control with Bellinger over Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and in my mind, an upgrade, uh, especially because he fills the need for a lefty bat, as the article rightly says. Uh, and then who was the other? Uh, Jordan Groshans. And Groshans is another guy that we continuously throw in trade discussions, and maybe part of that is because Gabe Moreno can play some third base. Um, I don't think they're fully set on him being a catcher. That's why he's played some third base already. Um I'm for it. I don't see any drawbacks to that when you get a perennial MVP candidate and bounce back. And they just did the same with Marcus Simeon, took him off of a down 2020 um, and banked on him resurging to his 2019 self. And that paid off pretty damn well. Um, so I'm all for that if uh, if that ever uh, was a possibility. OK, Mr. Corsair, yay or nay? If he wasn't uh, under control until 2024, I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because uh, look, I, I, I do think Bellinger is an obviously uh, even with a down year, uh, probably at this stage in his career, uh, an overall better player than Lourdes. And that is the, really the only big league player you're giving up in this theoretical trade. Right. So, um, you're getting an upgrade there. And I think Lourdes is, didn't we uh, come to the understanding that he's a free agent after this year? No, it's next year. Following, I think. Is it okay? I for some reason I thought Spot Track had it wrong or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, There's some weird opt-out thing here because of his international signing thing. I yeah, couldn't remember yeah. what it was either. But it's some little weird. It's an oddity. It's not a normal. <laughs> okay. All right. So regardless, <clears throat> I I think um having uh you know DP on the team is going to be or would be rather uh, influential and just advantageous for the team in general. Um, he's still young, too. Bell. It's not like this 36. is a, yeah an older player. Um, so down years obviously happen. We've seen it. Um, so if this was put on the table, what I like about it is I still think if you do this, you could still theoretically trade for J-Ram. Yeah. There are still bullets in the chamber to trade for J-Ram. And if you do that and get Bellinger... Oh man, you're winning the World <laughs> Series. Yeah, you're 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 the World Series yeah. favorite at that point for sure. Um, you're giving up. I I don't love the idea of giving up a lot of pitching depth because it's so thin in the system. Um, but that's what you make the trades for, and that's what you made the extensions or the re-signings for for Barrio. So, um, I'm for it. It doesn't wow me. Like it, it wouldn't send me over the moon, but. I don't hate it. I don't hate what's going out. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not in in love with what's coming in, even though Cody Bellinger is a good player. Um, it's just to me, this is just like a all right, all right, something else is coming. Kind of. It was like the Troy Tulowitzki trade. There's yeah. like something else got to be coming after this. Mm-hmm. What's so. next? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mr. Key, it's your turn. Yay or nay? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of that's one of the worst trades i've ever seen like what (laughs) why in your right mind would you get rid of a guy it's not like bellinger just had one bad year and think what you want about the the covid 2020 season but he wasn't much better in that year either like what if cody bellinger it that is like what we saw last year was cody bellinger and he trots out buck 65 again or is hurt like, all the time. Or, or or he's hurt all the time. <laughs> Guriel plays just about every day and is one of the better hitters on your team. I'm not missing that for a guy who's a complete crapshoot 
Uh, albeit you need a left-handed bat, but Groshans and Klofenstein are better assets to use in a trade that you're going to know what you're going to get. This isn't this isn't a year to win and have flyers. You need sure bets. And to pay Bellinger that kind of money and get rid of Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? No thanks. To your point, baseball reference is projecting that Cody Bellinger at the age of 26 this season will hit 21 home runs, 59 RBIs, bat 239. And what do they have projected for Gurriel? They I have, don't have it in front of me. They have him... At 22 home runs, 76 RBIs, 274 average, 325 OBP, and a 473 slugging with an almost 800 OPS. That's substantial. Mm -hmm. I will take Lourdes Gurriel Jr. any day over Cody Bellinger, even though he's a left-handed bat. There you go. It's amazing his his career. You know, he's a 16-war career player in five seasons. He's got two All-Stars, Rookie of the Year and an MVP. And every other year outside those two seasons is kind of like uh, you said, Chris, a little all over the place. It's like he was trending in one direction, took a step back, then MVP. And then, he, you know, what are you going to get? I think he is a pretty good wild card on that whole thing. So like, last year he was worse than Aaron Stevia. <laughs> he had a negative, or a negative 1.5 war last year in 95 games with the Dodgers. Do you, do you want that guy? Do you season. want that guy hitting in the middle of our lineup? Because that's essentially where they would put him, killing rallies. I'll, I'll I bet think he's back. The ceiling is way too high to pass up on. Yeah. Nope. So, you, but that's what your the question is: is are you getting the ceiling or are you in the basement? And it's been yeah. one or the other. <laughs> so, yeah. I I'm in the I'm in the middle on this. I could take it or leave it. But my biggest worry is the fact that Guriel had a insanely good season. He clicks good with this lineup and the, you know, the chemistry in the locker room with him and whatnot. And I don't know if I'm getting what I'm thinking I'm getting back in that trade. I don't know if I can pull this trade as it sits. That would be my problem. So, uh, but to that point, I guess we're going to go two on, two versus two on that one. So look, it's great down the middle. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's keep. Hey, score. this is the chaos let's I see. hope to create. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll call that one a tie. Take it or leave it. Let's go to the next one. And this is the one I'm sure you were all knew was going to come here because yeah, yeah. it was somebody's Christmas gift, like <laughs> literally canned up. <laughs> so, Jose Ramirez. From the Guardians. <laughs> For Aralvis Martinez, Alejandro Kirk, and Man Crush Monday, Kevin Biggio. <laughs> so I'm going to go reverse order on this one and let Chris take the f- first stab at this one. Yay or nay on that trade, sir? I do that every single day of the week, but Cleveland laughs at you out of the room. Yeah. Like I, they I, completely laugh you out of the room. Like yeah, I, I don't want to part with Martinez particularly. But if that's all you're giving up to get Jose Ramirez, like, ding, yes, ding, ding, yes, ding, yes, ding. yes and yeah. yes. But, yeah. like, who's kidding who? This trade is almost as laughable as the last one. It's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. Or, no, and sorry, I'm, I'm not saying that Jose Ramirez isn't coming to the Blue Jays and throw that aside. But for that package, it is never going to happen. Yeah. So taking it, got it. Take you, it. Yes, you obviously yes, want yes, Ramirez. Yes. <laughs> For that package, All right. yes. 
Corsair, your turn. Yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I don't think this is enough to get it done. Um, Martinez is someone that the Blue Jays are super high on, and we found yeah. that out last trade deadline. Um, and I think that has instilled a lot of hype around him throughout the fan base that he must be this amazing prospect. And I'm not saying he doesn't have potential and he's not good. Um, but I think it's just one of those things, at least currently, that we are, or maybe the organization, are valuing him a lot higher than maybe where he is. Um, and that's not to say he can't get there. That's not to say he doesn't have the, the ceiling for or the potential. But uh, I just think when you toss a name like this into a trade and you accompany it with, it with an Alejandro Kirk and a Biggio, to Blue Jays fans, like that might sound fair. But to Cleveland, to Chris's point, no. That's, that's just not enough to get it done. And moreover, I think there are teams out there that are third base needy that can beat that easily. Yeah. Um, so I would do it. Even with Kevin, I would do it. It's not enough. Yeah. No, I'm with you guys. <laughs> I actually think the proposed package for Bellinger is a little bit more in line with what Cleveland would be wanting because you get a guy who can immediately play in your lineup in Lourdes. You get a third baseman to replace Jose Ramirez, um, even if he's not in the bigs right away. Um, he could be up trade deadline if not a little bit sooner uh, and then get high ceiling pitching prospect, which we know Cleveland um, continuously turns out every single year. Uh, there seems to be another high impact arm that comes up through their system. So yeah, it's, it's a package that I, I when I first read the article when you sent it over, Craig, like what, that's it. Uh, of course I'm pulling the trigger on this. I'm sorry that that trade <laughs> package involves Kevin, but I think at that point it's just like, yeah, sorry, but yeah. you're, you're off by the wayside for Jose Ramirez. But yeah, no, I'm with you guys. It, it, the ballot, maybe a combination of both trade packages. Um, swap in maybe Lourdes for I don't know, Cavan, uh, and maybe mix up a couple other pieces, and that would get it done. But it's a low price, and Cleveland would absolutely laugh you out of the room. Yeah, I figure that takes at least another prospect in there, if not two. You yeah, maybe get that exact trade in that you fashion. You probably had done. and Groshans in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of where I'm at. If not, if adding not more. Up major league equivalent at that point with those two prospects. Mm. So I'm just sorry to say in that trade, they, it's like they're, it's like they think Alejandro Kirk's already made it in that. Trade. He hasn't. No, no, so. I'm not sure he's, he's an everyday catcher or, or he's a an everyday player, but I don't know if he's an everyday catcher. Yeah. <laughs> he might <laughs> to be at that point. He might be a DH. I think by the time everything's been done, because his bat skills are insane, sure, yeah. but is he going to hit enough home runs to be a DH every day? Gotta get, the, gotta get the ribbies somehow, boys. <laughs> Especially when so, they trade for Freddie Freeman. That DH spot's not going to be available. <laughs> so, Which is why he will be traded. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anyway, speaking of Alejandro Kirk getting traded, <laughs> yeah. let's talk Marlins. I know that's Brendan's favorite team that I like, we like to trade to. But anyway, um, Blue Jays received Pablo Lopez and Joey Weddle, which is another need that could be filled for Nate Pearson. Alejandro Kirk and Randall Grichek. <laughs> so, Corsair, it's your turn to take one first. Yay or nay? I think this would, as the article said, solidify the starting pitching rotation, which is great. Um, to me, all three of these players, and I know uh, a lot of people love Nate Pearson, but all three of these players are expendable. Mm. So I, I have no problem with this. When you're getting that return, I are in my yeah. all day. I have no problem. <laughs> like, I, I, even though I toss out the idea of Nate Pearson being the future closer. Um, and he's pretty, 
maybe he can turn it around as a starting pitcher. I've yet to see it. So that being said, I don't know that we know what Nate Pearson is. I don't know that the organization knows what Nate Pearson is. I don't know. If the organization... I don't think Nate Pearson knows what Nate Pearson is. But... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think he would love to be a starting pitcher for some team. I just don't know that he can stay healthy enough. I think it's fair to at least question whether or not he's injury prone. Um, and I, I just don't know that he's solidified a role for this team. I think Stripling right now is the number five. Um, <clears throat> so that being said, it's expendable if you're getting a starting pitcher in return. Um, Alejandro Kirk, we already talked about him. I don't know if he's an everyday player. Maybe he is. Um, and I think of the three, maybe this is a hot take. Oh, that's the piece that I feel the, I don't know, that tugs on the heartstrings the most getting rid of. Of Nate Pearson, Kirk, and Graycheck. And Graycheck's just whatever. Yeah. That, to that point, he's a perfect fit for the Marlins, though. Graycheck, yeah, sure. They're a team I mean, that's on the Yeah, exactly. They need a good outfielder, period, because they haven't, that's like the one position that they haven't been grabbing young talent at. Yeah. I think the Marlins were hoping to grab enough infielders that one of them would fail out and end up in the outfield. Loris Gurriel Jr. ish. Um, and then be good enough to, you know, swing at the plate. They haven't found that outfield bat. And if they have, they have a chance to be in something this year. They have a good team. Yeah. This is very young, and they have no idea what they're going to get from it. The so. the only thing that, well, one of the things that really uh, opened my eyes is the um, the control, right? Um, Lopez is, I think, it, yeah, won't get free agent until twenty twenty five. Mm-hmm. That to me is very attractive. And again, going back to uh, the previous trades, I don't know that this is enough. That's I am very much okay with this package. I don't know that it's enough, um, especially for a team like Marlins that are, you know, sort of up and coming. They're young, and they they have made some noise. I don't know that this makes them significantly better. I think it might be like a a two steps back kind of thing yeah. for a one step forward. Mm-hmm. Brennan. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the same page with you, Adam, uh, in terms of that. I think it's another one that's pretty light uh, on the package. Getting Randall Gritchick or getting rid of him is reason enough to pull that deal. But yeah. Pablo Lopez um, has the upside of a uh, front of the rotation starter, and he probably would be sliding in near the back end of your rotation. And that's pretty damn attractive. I remember when the possibility of the Marlins trading either Sandy Alcantara, which they're obviously not going to do anymore, uh, Pablo Lopez, and I forget who their other one is, Elias or Hernandez, I think was the third. Yep. They mentioned they might trade. Uh, Marlins fans on Twitter were up in air about the possibility of trading Pablo Lopez. So the fact that they are um, up in arms about that possibility sing- signals good things. Like, I mean, he's not that many Blue Jays fans will be familiar with, especially because the Marlins are in the National League. And if you're not a diehard baseball fan like all of us are. You probably have never heard of him before, but he is a damn good pitcher. He's still young, as Adam mentioned, tons of control left. And you can pair him up with Barrios and Gosman and Manoa uh, for the next four seasons. Um, and you are set for quite a while. So absolutely. Worry about the fifth starter any day. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and when reuse contracts up, then you fill it in with maybe you keep Kloffenstein around if he rises or Gunnar Hoagland, as we talked about last week, who they're very high on. The rotation would be set for years, and that would be a probably the best rotation in the American League East, uh, at least, and maybe even all of the American League. Um, so absolutely pull the trigger. I just don't know if that is enough again to get it done. But you never know. The Marlins need catchers, so. 
Mr. Keith? I'm not thrilled about trading Pearson this year. Um, I think he's an extra piece in the back end of the bullpen that's really going to make a difference for this team. Um, as long as they don't try messing with him too much. and I Just stop with the whole starter experiment with him and just let him get in the bullpen over spring training. And I think he's going to work wonders out there. Um, on the other hand, if it's set out just like this, yes, I do it. Um, Pablo Lopez is too freaking good to be your back end starter for the next three, four years um, to let this country go. And like, let's not underestimate Joey Wendell either. Yeah. Like he's, he's played on smart teams granted um, that use him. Well, like he's played for, uh, he's, he's come from Tampa and Oakland, Um, but he's and he hasn't played a ton of games in the last few years, but he's been very, very good and very, very consistent over those years. Like there aren't too many crazy up and downs uh, all over the place in those years. Um, and he can play third, short, and second. Um, I think that gives this team so much flexibility, and we know how much as loves him some versatility that I think Joey Wendell is just the type of guy that he would be going uh, going after to kind of package a deal with, say, one of the starters on on the Marlins. So I'd hate giving, getting Rifson, but at the end of the day, you do this trade. Joey Wendell is the sleeper in that whole thing, and he's one of those guys that can be an X factor for a ball club. You know, mm-hmm. I just, that's that next little, like, great piece on this whole thing in the world series in 2020 guys he actually was a big clutch hit guy you know he only had a few hits but the three that he had drove in three runs <laughs> so, so he's solid just to have somebody like that available what's the worst case scenario he ends up in that conversation of who goes on at second base mm-hmm. and the fallout from that is now a three-man conversation, and then the other two guys end up on the bench. That's not the worst thing in the world right there. And then, you, like we were saying, you're hoping to get another guy for the outfield, I think, is when being the biggest problem on that whole thing. But then go back and sign Corey Dickerson to be your fourth outfielder or something like that. You can wait till freaking spring training to get somebody like him. Chris, you got something on the tip of your tongue. I can see it. Wendell's a left-handed bat, too. Mm. <laughs> and not somebody that's going to bash the ball all over the place, but he's going to slap it around and get on base. He was just enough to shake the lineup up just a little bit. He always seemed to be the guy with the Rays who came up with clutch hits, the Blue Jays the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. Whenever Joey Wendell came to the plate with runners on base, there's a very good chance he's putting that ball in play and a run's going to score. So uh, just to get him on the Blue Jays instead of having him hurt him, even though that'll happen less now with that fact that he's in Miami. Um, Yeah, he's a very, very solid player and didn't mean to undersell him uh, on that because Lopez is the exciting name of the two, but Wendell can definitely um, fill a huge need that this team has uh, a solid up-the-middle second baseman who plays pretty decent defense too. Yeah, Yeah. this also makes Cavan expendable, right? So again, you can utilize that plus, plus the prospects that you haven't touched for yeah. this trade, theoretical trade, yeah. to go get J Ram. Yeah, yeah. Wendell or is you... what we what we wanted Bonio to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody that could actually do something. Yeah. Except have like millions I, uh... of batting gloves in his in his back yeah. pocket. Millions yeah. of batting gloves all the time. <laughs> 
I think the biggest thing about that whole thing is too is there's another defensive plus mm-hmm. with that, right? I didn't realize it, but he had a 3.8 WAR last year, guys. Mm-hmm. I, that's pretty damn player. impressive for a guy that batted only 265. That just shows you how much he did with his glove to make up for that. But yeah. had, he gets on base. The batting average doesn't show that, but he scored 73 times to his 54 RBIs. And and obviously, like I said, plays great defense. Hit peppered in just enough home runs to make me excited. So it's one of those things that I wouldn't be heartbroken if he ends up sucking up a ton of the bats. But obviously, I'm hoping to do better. Right. Andy's on the books for three, four years. Yeah. For each in 2024. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. That's only say, second. He's only second place. year. Yeah, he's only second year. Arb- arbitration so it's like he's making peanuts mm-hmm. same with maybe. same with lopez maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> yeah maybe that world <laughs> yeah. drive it up a touch pending CBA yes. yeah yes. <laughs> but to that point like we were saying it's having another good guy like biggio or espinal available on your bench and honestly i wonder if that kind of thing turns biggio into being a more outfielder more off the bench than being an up the middle third base guy when you have somebody like Wendell and Espinal available as well. Like I said, I think there's a way there's enough dynamic going on there that you can play smart baseball and put those three guys around the diamond where you need to to sell people. But anyway. No, Biggio's going to Cleveland with uh, Kirk and Orovas. We've already won over this. <laughs> oh, that's right. You've already <laughs> shipped them off. He's gone. Yeah, done. <laughs> we already, we already stamped that trade. It's all good. So... <laughs> I got two more boys that I think are a little bit quicker to fly through here. Um, But we're going to repackage Kevin Biggio after the Jose Ramirez thing gets, you know, turned down. And for Miguel Geraldo, with Miguel Geraldo and Sam Rubbers, I don't even know who that is. But you don't even know who he is. (laughs) Uh, Whit Merrifield and Scott Barlow come from the Royals of all places. Whit Merrifield does feel a nice piece for us regardless of of the band love and everything we have for the guy up at second base probably right now um with merrifield is a plus leadoff kind of like level guy that it could be an igniter for this kind of a giant offense that blue jays amassing are the nice thing about having him at the top of the lineup is it pushes the rest i think down a little bit uh, regardless of the fact that springer wants to be the leadoff guy i Love the construction you can get with him in the fourth spot and having a real true leadoff hitter that can get on base and yield some bases, which is a part of the game I think the Blue Jays can take big advantage of. But are you, um, I think it's Chris Key's turn. Are you pulling the trigger on that trade, yay or nay? A million times. Yes, bring me Whit Merrifield. Bring me him. There you go. He solves so many issues on this team. Um, not And once again, the afterthought in this is Scott Barlow, who is pretty damn good in his own right. Like he had yeah. 16 saves last year, 75 pitched out of the pen, uh, 242 ERA, 2.9 war. Like for a reliever, that's really good. For a reliever, that's yeah. really good. Like which it's your 1A and 1B here again. Like, and he's controllable until 2025. Merrifield is controllable until 2024. 2023, uh, he has a team option. Um, So you're getting a couple years with him. Granted, he's a little bit more expensive. But for 
uh, Geraldo, who is it? Geraldo, uh, Biggio, and some guy, guy nobody's ever heard of. Uh, yeah, when your resident <laughs> minor league expert doesn't know who the hell somebody is, like, you do that trade. Yes, bring me Merrifield. Do it. And Barlow. That's also a lot of issues on this team. So many issues. And I don't even think that Merrifield has to hit at the top of the order. If Merrifield hit, like, eighth or ninth, I think that would be ridiculous as well because now you're you're putting somebody on base for springer then yeah. that can run around like a machine and like if merrifield gets a single steal second merrifield on like or sorry springer only has to hit a single uh and merrifield still scores from second so just to put it out there i'm not terribly excited by sem roberts on the uh, stat line here <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's enough to get this trade done. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. If the Royals were very hesitant to trade with Merrifield, the last couple trade deadlines when everybody should trade him to kind of complete their rebuild process. I think the Royals thought maybe they'd get a little further ahead the last couple of years because they did make a couple moves to get better. Good yeah. Like getting Soler in there. Um, Andrew Benintendi, uh, a couple others. Those are moves that won't, like push the needle and get them to be winning the central. Uh, but it gets them a little bit closer to maybe getting to 500 or being in a wild card race. And I think they figured maybe they'll be a little bit further along, which is why they kept Whit Merrifield. Um, and obviously that didn't happen this past year. So as the article is that you sent, Craig, maybe this is finally the year or the off season. They, uh, pull the trigger, uh, on it. Very underrated player. Uh, actually a star, uh, star player, uh, that not too many people know about. Um, probably because he plays in Kansas city uh, and he's not like a flashy big home run guy, just solid hits for good contact. Um, and, and as Chris said, um, solves so many needs defensively and he steals bases. Like he's, he's amazing uh, in pretty much every facet of the game. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to find a trade in here from everything that's listed to say no to just to try to like play devil's advocate, but it's, it's tough because all these guys that we've mentioned so far, um, are exciting uh, and would uh, drastically improve the team even more. So, yeah, sign me up for this trade uh, for Whit Merrifield. And as Chris, you rightly pointed out, Scott Barlow is another one that uh, would be huge for the back end of the bullpen. Like the article says right there, I had no idea how effective his slider was, but the whiff rates that he got in that was in the 95th percentile last year. Um, so he, he's a very, very good reliever to throw into the back of the bullpen. Corsair. It's not enough. <clears throat> it's just yeah, not. That's, I think, the common theme. whole thing that we're going to, there's, there's got to be a cherry on top for these teams because there's yeah. going to be. <laughs> you're, you're basically swapping Cavan from yeah. Maryfield exactly. and saying, you know, Cavan could be this yeah. and give us Barlow and we'll give you these guys. Who are these guys? Th- don't worry about it. Like, it's, it's just one of the. Miguel Geraldo is going to be a great second baseman, yeah. I think, at some point. But to They're that point, you're talking four years in the future, yeah. probably. Geraldo's far off. So it's not I enough. think you're going to have to give somebody – you're going to have to give some – honestly, it might take Geraldo's Martinez and yeah, Geraldo for me to get this done. Or Groshens uh, probably pushes Correct. the game further. It really depends on where I think those two other people in this trade go, Adam, to your point, is where the Royals think their window is. And I don't think their windows in the next two years. Yeah, which is why they need to trade Whit Merrifield. I <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys. Last one. 
I don't like it either, but we're going to do it anyway because we had to have a. (laughs) Blue Jays receive Sonny Gray and Joey Votto, which is the only really good part I like about this whole thing. But I'm giving up way too much for Sonny Gray and Joey Votto and Alejandro Kirk, Loris Gurriel Jr. and Thomas Hatch. Or at least that's my opinion. Adam, you already seem like you're loathing this. So go ahead and shit all over it. (laughs) No, I I don't think I honestly I don't think that's enough. Like that's been a common theme. I don't think the Reds do this. Unless, as the article said, we're taking on all salary. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only way it gets done, too. I think this is resting on the note. Like, SI probably took this and said, all right, who's the best Canadian baseball player right now? And where can (laughs) we? Joey Votto. It's got to be Joey Votto. Votto. (laughs) Obviously, that means he makes perfect sense for the Blue Jays because he's Canadian. Yeah. Look, I don't deny the talent of Joey Votto. I don't deny that he is, you know, he's doing things at 38 that most base can't. Um, But if I were to choose between, uh, maybe not. I don't know. It's just to me, there's more of a path for him to be a DH than Freeman, I think. Um, But it would have to be a full-time DH, which creates such... Lack of, of of versatility in that line, like last year. I don't know Morales. He, well, I don't know. If, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Um, Montoya loved using DH yeah. for oh. the most random players on the team. Don't panic. Yeah, yeah. And is he still on the team? No, no. Not, uh, he's um, I just think that you know when you clog up that spot. It's not sort of this antiquated, there's a designated hitter, quote-unquote, on your team anymore. I don't think that really meshes well with where roster construction is heading. Um, that being said, I do like the addition of Sonny Gray. Mm. Like, at worst, Sonny Gray's your fifth starter. At worst. And obviously, that's with any rotation. But <clears throat> I don't love getting rid of Goriel in this package. But Kirk and Hatch, like, fine. Yeah, like, okay. Maybe get them to just Sonny Gray. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. That definitely doesn't get it done. I don't think it doesn't get done. But with Lourdes, you're throwing in there and taking on all that contract, all that money. There's a lot. I don't know. I don't. I think that sort of stranglehold you for the future. Um, it creates this weird question about who your first baseman is with. Vladdy and maybe there will be some conflict there. I'm just, you know, these are intangibles that you can't measure anyway. I just don't love it. And I, again, it's I'm forcing Joey Votto to the Blue Jays. And I feel like a lot of pundits do that just because he's Canadian. It's just like this square peg force feeding <laughs> Joey Votto to the Blue Jays. And I, I just, I don't love it. Sonny, I, I'm willing to talk and to listen to see what that would take because all i care about really is securing up this rotation and making it just fucking filthy and if you can go one through five you know with with solid arms sure you know bringing it back to last week i'd rather just buy granky <laughs> for a year <laughs> and freddie freeman for that matter just yeah i'd, get, I'd rather Brooklyn, right? <laughs> i'd rather buy granky for a year to solidify the rotation and trade those assets to get j Rim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It feels like this one is the first one that doesn't scream out, "Hey, this is an absolute must do." It just feels like it would be it would be awesome to see Joey Votto in a Blue Jays uniform, but 
for basically everything you said, Adam. It feels like it's being forced every single offseason. And I don't know if he's going to say no if it happens, obviously, because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's right. no doubt about that. But, yeah, it's just sunny. I want to be careful here because I don't want to get roasted for it. But I just think the fit <laughs> of Sonny Gray Gray is crap. There you go. I'll say it for you. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with the man in the left tile. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the the fit of Sonny Gray as a fifth starter for a guy who still last year um, had a two and a half war for a fifth starter. That's you take that run every single day of the year um, or every fifth day uh, through yeah. a rotation. So, but yeah, Votto creates some confusion at first base slash DH log jam. Uh, again, I'm not saying no, but it's not something I feel that absolutely has to be done uh, to make this team a contender. The easiest and clearest path to being a contender is Jose Ramirez. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> there it is. Chris. Yeah, this trade doesn't make any sense for any of the reasons already outlined, but like Votto's already Votto has a full no trade clause, and he said he's not coming to Toronto. So this is nothing more than a pipe dream. Oh, what? Um, yeah, like if if you're gonna trade Sunny Gray for Thomas Hatch straight up, which no way Cincinnati won't do it. Like yeah. I'm not adding either Kirk or Guriel in a package for Sunny Gray. So <laughs> I'll pass on all facets of this trade. There you go. So we had fellas, yeah, two solid trades, one no way, and then one meh. <laughs> yeah, that last five? one was definitely one of those. Uh, who's Canadian out there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one is the meh. The yeah. Jose Ramirez and the Pablo Lopez was a, a clean sweep. Yes, yes, do it. I think Whit Merrifield was too. Oh, Whit Merrifield too. See, yeah, I even forgot about Whit Merrifield. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. Everybody forgets about Whit Merrifield because he plays in Kansas City. And he mm-hmm. crushes you. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Um, so, but yeah, either way, that was some, I was too good of an article and some weird trades in it that I thought uh, we're good enough for de- debate here. And uh, I see we're running a little longer than that segment, fellas. I want to skip our fun with the anniversary of the Troy Gloss trade. So we're going to go right into New Year's fun here. And I'm going to change it up just a little bit. I know we were talking before the show, two New Year's resolutions. I'm going to say one thing you're thankful for this past season that happened and one New Year's resolution going forward. So if you would like, anybody want to go first? Yeah, I can go. Go for it, Mr. Corsair. Pick whichever um, one you want to start with, and we'll go around. We can start with thankful, um, or at least I will. Um, <laughs> I am thankful that we don't have to wonder what Vladdy is. Like, there was that lingering question in the back of my mind, um, you know, based on his conditioning prior to last season, um, the, the, the troubles he had at third base, um, how he didn't come out of the gates screaming, Um, we had our, I don't think anybody here did, but there were some voices out there that were thinking, I want to say bust, but maybe the hype was overblown. Um, he did buy that Jersey though. Yeah. Yeah. He (laughs) bought his own bus Jersey. (laughs) Um, jersey. I do think now after obviously what was shown last season and given how young he still is and given that this isn't even close to his ceiling or it shouldn't be. Um, 
I'm thankful that we don't have to wonder what we have in here because there have been so many times in Jay's history where we've had this prospect come up through the system and he's going to be the game changer. He's going to be the guy. Plus Adams here. Um, yeah, Adams, uh, Brett Wallace, Brett Laurie. Brett Wallace. Um, I yeah. <laughs> I stole your guy. Yeah, the guys that come up through the system and they're going to be the guys that change everything. Kyle Drabeck, these guys that will – Redefine this organization and they Travis just, Snyder, yeah, Travis yeah. Snyder, Fox Hero, Adam Lynn, too. <laughs> Lynn, dude, yeah, all these guys that you know didn't become what we thought they would. Cal, um, Rios, Wells, like these guys that didn't pan out and sort of set the organization back because you bet that they would be the future. Now we have that, and it's been a long time since we've seen a Blue Jays team have that, not just in Vlad, but in Bo to a lesser degree, but still a significant one. Um, so I am thankful that we don't have to play this guessing game. I am thankful that the rebuild, at least prima facie, is over, right? This is the yeah. rebuild. We yeah. don't need to focus so much on you know, what is coming out on the prospect capital yeah. and how that's going to set us back because – Theoretically, right now, we still have Bo, if Cavan stays Cavan, Teoscar even. Uh, <laughs> well, Lourdes at least still. I just looked it up while we were speaking. To trade. Him. He's a free agent yeah. in 2024. So, okay. um, uh, who else? Springer still, Gosman still, Barrios, uh, Manoa. The roster's still, set. Yeah, we ha- the rebuild is over. This <laughs> yeah, is yeah. the rebuild now. Yeah. This is it. Like, it's complete. So, there's, there's a huge paradigm shift and a difference between 2015 where the cupboards were bare and we had aging assets to yes. if we if the organization decides to you know throw everything against the wall and empty out the cupboards we still have youth on our side in our major yeah. league roster that's productive so i am thankful that we know what we have in this team and it's a no like we know that they're good we know that they can produce they just need uh corresponding pieces to really push them over and honestly, when you look at this roster, there may be two, at worst, two pieces away. And yeah. if it's a JRAM, maybe that's all you need. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we are in this position. Honestly, I am. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Chris, Brendan, when are you? Go for it, Chris. Yeah, I'll say that I'm thankful for, and this is going to sound really stupid, but how the season, how, how the season ended. I I was gonna go along those lines too. Let's see what you say. <laughs> and and not in the sense that they missed the playoffs and whatever, but like the boys fought and the young guys fought especially hard to go out and sweep that final series. Granted, against Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, but Baltimore they, they, prob- they they were probably thinking going into that series be spoilers and go in there and yeah. ruin the fun. And the Blue Jays could have just said, fuck it. And they could have just rolled over and played it out. And they kicked. They didn't just beat them. They kicked the living shit out of them to make a statement. And like watching Vladdy um, sit on the top step watching. I guess they had the the Red Sox and Nationals game on. Uh, on the Jumbotron after the game, and he was sitting up at the front step and to see how crushed he was uh, yeah. walking out. Out uh, just shows how much they they wanted it. And 
they didn't give up. Like I said, they could, they could have just rolled over and let things happen, but they took everything that they could into their own hands and tried to run with it as much as they could. And it, if it wasn't for Soto being a complete plug in the last weekend, <laughs> he picked an amazing three games to just shit the bed. Um, and Washington just couldn't put it, the Red Sox away for us. And Jordy Mercer, screw him. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> but to that point, that's a fire lit right there. It is a fire lit. And that's another reason we think <laughs> right under the ass. That. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going with mine. That's fire lit coming into next season. Mm-hmm. Just how close they got. But what I'm going to say is I'm thankful for all 91 wins this past season. Like this was probably one of my favorite scene Blue Jays baseball ever. Um, I was in diapers in 1992, 1993. So obviously I have no idea. I don't remember any of it because I was a baby. Um, and then there was that whole dry stretch from 94 all the way through to 2015. And the disappointments of that 2006 team that won 87 games and finished in second uh, and didn't even come close to sniffing the playoffs because of Central. I was looking at that. That was a try yeah. last year. It was a great team. <laughs> great team. And they had other good teams in there, too. Like, it's not like the Blue Jays were ever total dumber fires. Um especially in the mid 2000s, like they had some solid teams. They were just in the same division as the Red Sox and Yankees 2015 and 2016, 2015 started slow. And then the excitement of the trade deadline, and then they just went all in and then they easily cruised to first place finish 2016. They were in first place almost the entire season had that struggle in September, still made it to the ALCS. That was fun. But I think that this was the first year um, that I remember. And I think that maybe any of us have experienced in such a long time where it was stressful, all September, all 162 games were meaningful this past year. And that's what we should be expecting from here on out. And it's not going to be easy to get into the playoffs when you have the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox in your division. Granted, I mean, the Red Sox and Yankees haven't made any moves to improve so far on last year's. And maybe some steps back will be taken in Boston because I still believe they overachieved this past year. But it was a very, very fun season. Um Vlad's growth, as Adam mentioned, the finish that Chris mentioned. I mean, that just should be enough to light a fire where they're going to come back and say, "Okay, we're going to clean up the mistakes we made in 2021. We are going to close out games. We are not going to blow as many leads, hopefully. Um, And we're going to show up our defense. And you know what? If they do that, they could very well be close to a 100 win team. That would not surprise me if they're healthy for the majority of the season, if not all of it. There's no major injuries, setbacks. Players don't take steps backwards. Um, it's going to be fun in 2022. So all 91 wins, building block for what's to come for the, at least the next three, four, five years uh, with this rotation in place, the bullpen in place, and pretty much every single position except for second or third base locked up. It's going to be fun. Oh, okay, so I'm just going to say my thankful thing here before I get saying from Nick Suress on uh, our Twitter feed here that says Juan Soto is the best baseball player in baseball. Change my mind. He's one of, and I wouldn't disagree with that, but he hit the bad hard on one weekend where we needed him to be good. And yeah. he didn't even As have Blue to be Jays good. He had to be, weekend. he had to be average for one weekend, and he was shit. So... <laughs> Be uh, all right good fun stuff but to that point uh back to the things i'm thankful for and i'm just gonna say one name alec manoa yeah 
I am thankful that we had a prospect show up in the fashion that Alec Manoa did this season. It's been a long time since we've had in the midst of any kind of relevancy in the standings, having an impact prospect be the guy that was one of the main reasons that we were tipped into that direction. It's been a long damn time since the Blue Jays have had somebody in that level of impact. And honestly, the only guy that really blatantly pops into my mind is because I loved watching him and listening to him on the radio when he was pitching in 1993. And that was Pat Hankin. He was a huge Oh my God, I'm here. He was on the team a little bit the years before that, but not enough. But he was a 20-game freaking winner. It's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> so, anyways, it, Alec Manoa comes out in a year that we were... I think we were on this show even collectively saying, you know what? He's the August call-up. He's going to be right there after the trade deadline. He's going to be the guy that maybe comes in to be the fifth starter and runs into the playoffs. No, he spends the majority of the team or his time this year with the team and crushed it as a rookie. And now we know we have another giant piece for this rotation that we have collectively been talking about here, solidified for a very good long time here uh, between him, Gosman and Barrios. Things are very exciting in the blue Jays rotation. So guys, <laughs> How do you not be thankful for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not for sure, especially the debut in Yankee Stadium. Um, electric. Um, just mishaps <clears throat> against Baltimore. Got ejected into that one, I think it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good. He throws at guys. You know, he yeah, does he, he plays. He's, <laughs> I don't want to say this the wrong way. He has a little bit of Stroman in him without the arrogance. Yes, 100%. Um, I'm going to say this one for you. He's reminding me more of Bulldog Mark Burley than he is anybody. <laughs> yeah, but he's a little bit. Okay. He's a little bit more vocal. White Sox Burley. Not okay. Toronto Burley. Not, not even Miami. You know, the Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I hope it can continue. Uh, I just, he, he seems like he's fun. Um, he seems like he got along with everybody in the clubhouse, which is huge. Um, and he was also completely blitzed in the uh, in the clubhouse. Once I put a video up on it on Twitter, he was high as fuck and won. <laughs> I think I <laughs> quoted it edibles hit. He definitely is uh, enjoying his Toronto life. So uh, good on you, Alec Manoa. Yeah, I don't know that. So, I'm just I'm just playing. I thought it was kind of amusing. I saw that yeah. video, too. <laughs> How many beers? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So seeing he is our guest on this show amongst us, even though he's more basically a regular, I think at this point than a guest. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for four months now. <laughs> I, I should have went air quotes on that guest. <laughs> um, the Blue Jays new year's resolution for the 2022 season, sir. It's like not it's even a... specific to a player. It can be whatever you think. It, it's not so much a resolution but something to carry forward, I think. And I guess it, it would be a resolution to past years, and that's to... And, and this is on all facets as well. It's not even just the front office, but be aggressive. Um, be aggressive as a front office and get the players needed uh, to solidify this team. Be aggressive um, in the batter's box and swing the damn bat. 
be aggressive in pitchers counts, be aggressive in batters count, uh, in hitters counts as well when you're on the mound. Be aggressive with your pitching matchups and your pitching changes. Don't wait for something to happen. For God's sakes, Montoyo, don't wait for something to happen. There's so many times throughout the year that you're just like, fucking take this guy out! Like, clearly he's... he. he he doesn't have it. You you can't afford that this year. So on all facets of the game, this team has to be aggressive. There you go. Brendan, I'm going to let you go next. I kind of want to steal my one from last year, which was uh, don't sleep on the Rays again. And uh, clearly it worked out uh, the resolution because nobody slept on them. And they were a damn good team again, even though they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs to the Red Sox. No, I think so mine is... They got to play better defense uh, as a whole. I think the defense let them down, especially early on in the season. Um, you could see the growth as the year went along, especially from somebody like Bo Bichette. Uh, Springer got back and patrolled center field. Um, but showing up the defense uh, will help save some runs. It'll keep them in ball games and uh, no errors that will cost them uh, games down a stretch run uh, like a couple uh, from this season. So better defense. And I absolutely agree with Chris's point. Like, this is a very make-or-break season for Charlie Montoyo. You have every piece in place except for a second or third baseman right now, which they will address. I would be shocked if they don't do that. Um, so you need to get into the playoffs. I believe that that is going to be all that he's measured on this year. And if it if they come up short, I think we might be looking for a new manager if they come up short of the postseason um, in, in 2022. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep him around as long as you can. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Better defense all around will help, uh, everything. And we saw what happened in 2015 when the defense got short up after Tulo got here, the team went on a crazy run, play good defense. You pitch well, you hit well, you're going to win a lot more ball games than you lose. Corsair. Yeah. Mine's a, a piggyback off of both of those because I'm one of the most, um, starch critics of Montoyo since his arrival. Um, you got to prove to me that you are the manager of this club that can take them to the world series. Cause I don't believe you can. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't think you're to be everyone's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, you, like you've set the Put tone the in the clubhouse and whatever. <laughs> now you need to prove that you can win. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. honestly, you know, not to no disrespect, Brendan, I don't think playoffs are enough. You've gotten there. Yeah. He, he's gone to the playoffs. That's win a, true. Win a, win a round. Like I, win I don't a game. I, yeah. Win a playoff game. <laughs> You know, make decisions that are, I don't know, I guess obvious to to us. And, and look, I, I know the, the bullpen woes from last year. A lot of that wasn't his fault because what is he mm. supposed to do? Put out Romano every day? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. But, yes. you know, when it, when it comes <laughs> – I mean, if it was up to Romano – It's only still with Kurt no. Schilling in 93. Why can't we? <laughs> I just you, – you need to show me that you are capable of not just – you're capable of managing the team. Fine. But – Prove to me that you can win. I don't know that you can. And I have called him a bridge manager since, what, 2020? I, I just don't see it. I, I don't think he they, he was the front office's first choice. Um, I, I just, I need to see more. And it's just yeah. not there. I, I'm not the kind of guy that is looking for a, a raw, raw reaction. You know, I, if this isn't football. But the biggest tell for me was that game in Baltimore where the Orioles manager was chirping at Robbie Ray yeah. and Montario just sat on his hands. 
Like, you don't do that, dude. You stand up for your guy. You get out and you get angry. Duncan would have gotten tossed. Oh, my God. Gone over to the Orioles. Tossed. There would have gotten tossed. There would have been bare-knuckle boxing. Farrell would have gotten tossed, too. Oh, yes, Dunk Farrell. Most major league managers in baseball would have been tossed. Yeah. And to that point, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Adam, that that right there, if we are putting him on trial, which might as well be your next goddamn episode when you host, (laughs) that right there, I think you hit the nail on the head. That moment right there in his career will get looked on as a time when you stick up for your guy. It shouldn't have came down to Robbie Ray going, I'm right here. Yeah, but he was like, he was like, but you could tell it was messing with his concentration. You can tell, even though he still produced, and again, it's the Orioles, you don't have to do much. But you know, you you stand up for your players. You don't let a a, a manager on the other side start chirping at you, and you're just Mm -hmm. sitting there thinking about what bongo rendition of Hotel California (laughs) you're gonna play after the game. You don't, especially that that it was the other manager. If it was another player, maybe you let the players handle it themselves. Yeah, yeah. But it was Brandon Hyde. Who hasn't done anything. You do something about it. Yeah, yeah. you go out the there. The fact is, the fucking Orioles manager. It doesn't even matter which manager it would yeah. be with the Orioles. You are the worst team in baseball by pretty good far measure. Yeah. And you have a guy that had the balls in that dugout to say anything about how you're managing a fucking ball game. <laughs> in Montreal, sat on his hands. So, like, the point is, is that, you know, that to me uh, isn't uh, uh, your capabilities of managing the team. That's your capabilities of, you know, your reflection on how you feel about your guys. And maybe that's me, you know, speaking out of turn and maybe that's over the line a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know, that's baseball culture, man. You stand up for your boys. Yeah. Um, and, and you didn't. So I'm not going to let that be the deciding factor of whether or not I think he's a suitable manager. That in and of itself isn't enough, but that was, a, you know, a culmination of all these things until then I was like, all right, it, it's, it's a sealed deal for me, man. 2022 is the year that you either put up or shut up. And if you don't, with this roster, the yeah. way to, especially if you trade for J-Ram, yeah. and you still can't get there, you are yeah. not the guy. I'm the, sorry, you're just not. So, Adam, to build on something you said, um, sure. if you don't think playoffs enough are enough to keep his job, how far do they have to go? Do they got to go to the ALCS? or ALCS. You yeah, have, yeah. That's you know, assuming ALCS health. Bust. Assuming yeah. health with the team, because obviously injuries are out of his control. Yeah. But assuming health with this team and uh, however they construct the bullpen, because they're going to have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to get. It, there is no excuse. Um, yeah. There's just not. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, is there How a world where this team? Yeah. That that's where I was just going to go. <laughs> at, at one point. At what point is this team at or below 500? Say at the All Star break, they make it past. Yeah, you kind of. I don't no, see Gaston. Uh, I don't know. I don't see this front office gassing a manager midseason. Yeah. Especially. You, you, I, I do if John Schneider's there. Yeah. That's my exception to it. Because he because knows if, if John if, if John Schneider isn't the manager of this team by Christmas next year, he'll be managing the Pirates. I wouldn't be shocked at that just because well, of the connection with Jerry. If they make the World Series, yeah. you can't fire Montoyo. Oh, no. No. No, but then Schneider will be the manager of the Pirates. Pirates, right. Yeah. Correct. That's yeah. your best case scenario, though. <laughs> Unless you get off to just a dreadful start. Um, like, 
kind of like the April start they close. had in 2017, where I think what they went eight mm-hmm. and 17 in April and had that horrible, horrible one and 11 start. Um, that's the kind of thing. That's the only way that I'm with you, Adam and, and Chris, where they fire somebody's in. If you're hovering around 500, I mean, they were kind of around there this Why? season. They took off after the deadline, so um, anything's possible. But hopefully, they don't need that miraculous run of September <laughs> to get back Listen, in the race. You, but you can't, you can't uh, count on them going on a bad start in April. Great chucks there. He's the straight. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah, he's great up until May first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right when May first hits, it's like, all right, guys, well, clocking out. You're the fourth outfielder again. That's it. Yeah. Clock so I have head. to ask this because I retweeted it from our account uh, the other day. MLB the show did a franchise and broke the single season home run record with Randall Kruchik pro- trotting around the bases on the last game of the season. <laughs> yeah. Pretty impressive that he was able to do that. It has like, you know, 40 contact in the <laughs> out of 100. So anyway, you good? Okay, so I guess it's my turn then. Um, the Blue Jays need to find a way to keep that offense turning, and I don't care whether it's they do add somebody like Whit Merrifield or find a way to actually get those stolen bases moving in this lineup, better base running, or just finding a way to make sure that they get the goddamn guy in from third one way or the other, bunt, sack fly, whatever it might be. This offense is built to be a juggernaut. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to be clicking all the time where you can just sit back and wait for the home run. In a year like we're talking about here, where the difference last year was one win, they'd be taking every little possible thing that they can do to make sure they get any run in any opportunity that they possibly can. And if it is a guy at third, or it's you know just trying to get a scoring position with me. I think they need to find a way to make that happen and help continue to keep that crank going. Because like I said, it might be there's going to be there's just as many nights that they're going to have 15 run blowouts. They're going to have those games where they just miss by one. And they had a lot of those damn wins this or losses this year where they lost by what fucking run. And to that point, you need to make sure that they can turn the crank in on those runs late in ball games, which was their other piece of their stats this year that really did them in offensively. Weekly, everybody was crushing it right off the bat that night, or it was, let's just hope we can pepper this in and hold in a, like it was like they were in prevent defense. (laughs) You know what I mean? They got to find a way to take that piece to the next crescendo, I'll say, because they Mm -hmm. were this close to it. If they can find that next piece of their offense, they're going to be unstoppable. And they were already one of the best offenses in baseball last year. Yeah, absolutely. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add before we wrap this lovely evening up? <laughs> no, but uh, it's almost the beginning of January, so get your shit together, MLB. Yeah, actually, though. <laughs> <laughs> Duck. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I don't care what it is at this point. Just get it on. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think any of them should be either. Yeah. <laughs> so, Blue Jays fans, that wraps another lovely episode of Jaybird watching here, the official podcast of JaysJournal.com, which is part of Fansided. And make sure you just get out there and listen to us, join our conversations. We are here every week on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Also. Wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, we are there for you. Wherever you happen to get those podcasting pleasures from. Normal ending, fellas. Kind of sure. Let's go, Blue Jays. One, two, three. Woo! Woo! Woo!
Let's go, Let's Blue, go Jays. Blue Jays. Get it done, MLB. Happy New Year. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.